WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Hope you had a great weekend. Happy President's Day to you. Here at 6 o'clock, you're just in time for a first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Coming your way here and now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning the national emergency debate. The latest in one minute. My take in yours on the declaration of the national emergency by the president. Do you support it or not? Next on Good Morning Orlando. Members of Congress are taking sides for and against President Trump's declaration of a national emergency as the White House looks for ways to fund a southern border wall. Democrats like New Jersey House member Jeff Van Drew believe this is not the best use of the declaration, he said on Fox's Sunday Morning Futures. I'm not a real strong partisan, and I believe in bipartisanship. In this case, I think the president has overreached. But House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy of California, also on Fox, said this is well within the president's power. Yes, it is an emergency that has been shown before, and I believe at the end of the day, this wall is going to be built, not sea to shining sea, but about 200 miles. The president can use a veto if Congress says no to his declaration. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. And Bud will have more on that coming up shortly. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. President Trump has been spending the holiday weekend at his Mar-a-Lago resort at Palm Beach. He'll be in Miami today to address the ongoing crisis in Venezuela. The president will be making remarks at Florida International University to show support for Venezuelan interim president Juan Guaido and to speak on the dangers of socialism. Guaido has been in a power struggle with Nicolas Maduro, who has maintained the support of the Venezuelan military. The Trump administration, along with 50 other nations, have declared Guaido the rightful president of Venezuela. President Trump says he hasn't ruled out military intervention to resolve the crisis. At the White House, John Decker, Fox News. A weekend security breach caused panic at Orlando International Airport. Police say 37-year-old Ryan Scott Mills tried to force his way past TSA agents on Saturday, and while he was being arrested, he reached into his pocket. That caused other passengers to fear he had a gun, and they stormed past the checkpoints. That led to five hours of flight delays, and Mills was Baker-acted. Police say there was no gun. A motorcyclist was killed in a crash on I-95 in Brevard County on Sunday. The Florida Highway Patrol says the victim was a 47-year-old Cocoa man whose name was not immediately released. The FHP says he was driving northbound around 4 p.m. when he lost control, overturned, and was ejected. He was taken to Melbourne Regional Medical Center, where he later died. Denny Hamlin won the 61st running of the Daytona 500 yesterday. He beat out teammate Kyle Busch for his second career victory in the Great American Race. Eric Jones finished third to give Joe Gibbs Racing the top three spots. And this comes just over a month after the death of Gibbs' son and team co-owner J.D. Gibbs. Hamlin said he was happy to win for the Gibbs family. Special, and, and it's just special for me to be able to you know deliver that to him in a special way. Uh, I know he would have been happy with any one of his cars going out there and, and getting a victory, but obviously one with his uh, son's name on the door and, and number is probably a little more special. Hamlin had to overcome two massive wrecks in the final 10 laps that involved more than half the cars. You know, the Daytona 500 sold out, but NASCAR's hemorrhaging fan support TV ratings are way down. Later in the show, uh, I'm going to take you to Budtopia for something I think NASCAR could change that would really help them back toward their glory days. So we'll get into that. 
All right, bud. WFLA News Time is 6.05. The polar vortex may have killed off numerous invasive species of insects. That story online at WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. Well, that item is something to make the folks who froze to death up in the northern part of the country with like 60, 70 degree below zero wind chills feel like maybe it wasn't all for naught, you know? Well, you know, here in Florida, we (laughs) used to get freezes on a regular basis, a couple of them each year, and that was believed responsible for, you know, containing the insect population. Mosquitoes primarily for the upcoming season, but we haven't had that in a couple of years. In a couple, like a couple of decades. Well, I don't know if it's that long. Well, I I think it is. Well, all right. Stop fighting, boys. Stop fighting. Going to break us up. That's the voice of Melissa in for Yaffe this morning, executive producing. You've been hearing from my co-host and our news guy, Alan Spector, and and Edwin is going to be screening calls this morning. Edwin, welcome to the 50,000 and want front porch for your first for your first day. How are you? Hello, good morning. Thanks for having me. All right. <laughs> Treat those callers like gold, all right? And don't rough them up, okay? He hasn't been doing this job for us before. That's Bud's job. 407-916-5400. Four, uh, the first voice you hear will be Edwin, all right? Let him know what you want to talk to the Bud man about and where you're from, okay? 407-916-5400. Toll-free 866-916-5400. Text line open at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. First up on a very busy morning here, we're going to get into the President's Friday morning declaration of a national emergency over border security as he goes after $8 billion of funds that the White House has identified from various sources to try to get the wall built, despite the fact that they had enough anti-Trump Democrats in Congress to deny him significant funding. This is a national emergency. I will quote the statistics that prove it, and we'll see what you think, should the president have declared a national emergency or not. We find Republicans are pro and con, as well as the Democrats, who are all against anything to do with Trump, national emergency included. So, be ready for some conversation on that and get in early at 407-916-5400 and the text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Alan? All that and an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 608. Headlines now. Organizers are preparing hundreds of protests nationwide for this President's Day over a declaration of a national emergency along the border with Mexico by President Trump. Uh, MoveOn.org, listing more than 250 protests scheduled from coast to coast. They're scheduled to begin at noon local time. The president plans to redirect nearly $8 billion from the Defense Department primarily to help build a border wall. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories. We do it all morning right here on you for you on Good Morning Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000 Watt Front Forge. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Let me be very clear. People are all over the lot on this, Republicans and Democrats alike. I understand the precedent this sets with a national emergency declared for the border problem here. But this is a legitimate national emergency. And I I support this president to the hilt, okay, on going after border wall money denied him by an anti-Trump Congress. They all know this is a national emergency. And if I have to refresh you with the statistics on why it is, I will do that in just a moment. But they are just out to nail Trump's carcass to the wall politically. 
all right, and destroy him. And one thing you do is deny him a win on the centerpiece issue of his campaign and his presidency to build the wall to secure the border. So the president's going after $8 billion. This is all headed for the courts. It'll work its way up. This is going to all be delayed, I think, before we're able to get much of the wall additionally built. It'll wind up in the Supreme Court, and I think the way it's configured with the two Trump appointments there um, confirmed by the Senate, uh, Gorsuch and, um, (laughs) help me out here, Uh the new guy. The, All right. The new guy, Barr? Who? No, 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 no. I don't know where we're you at. Know, <laughs> forget, hey, listen, I got, I'm looking at notes from all over the place here. That's okay. Um, yeah, Kavanaugh, of course. Um, but at any rate, uh, I, th- I think a win in the United States Supreme Court. He's got broad powers under the Constitution and under the National Emergencies Act passed in the 1970s um, to keep this country safe, and, 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 and that includes getting control of the border. So the president is going after uh, $8 billion to add to the 1.375 he got from Congress for some kind of fencing with restrictions, another $3.6 billion from military construction funds, $2.5 bill from Defense Department counter-drug activities, $600 million from the Treasury Department's asset forfeiture fund, okay? And if you don't believe this is a genuine national emergency, I'm sorry, but since October, the Department of Homeland Security has already seen a 136% increase in the number of family units and unaccompanied children coming across this border illegally. In the last four months, more than 40,000 illegals have entered our southwestern border each month. Thousands of violent criminals cross that border along with the rest of them. In the last two years, ICE has arrested more than 250,000 illegal immigrants with criminal records, including those convicted of 4,000 murders, 30,000 sex crimes, 100,000 assaults. I can go on and on and on. And people are dying from opioids and heroin coming across the southern border. It is absurd. It is obscene not to acknowledge the national emergency we have here. Rush was on Fox yesterday morning. He sees border security, as I do, as a legitimate national emergency. We have an emergency. This is an invasion. The very existence and definition of American culture, American society, the rule of law. Why does nobody talk about the fact that millions and millions and millions of people are breaking the law, coming here illegally, and that the Democrat Party wants that to happen? We can't have the breakdown of of rule of law and, and law and order this way. That alone would suggest that this has gone on way too long and needs to stop it. They argue about where drugs come into the country. Can anybody deny that they're coming in and it needs to be stopped and it's destroying future generations of the country? We're, we're so caught up in the game of how Washington debates issues. Is this a fact? Is that not a fact? It is undeniable that we have a major immigration problem and a political party that needs a permanent underclass of voters that wants that parade of illegal people who are uneducated, All don't right. even speak the language. They want them here. Rush echoing the Bud Man on that. I'll be taking your calls on this in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll have major time for your input. Now, though, here's Trump advisor Stephen Miller on Fox yesterday. There's no threat. So, yes, he will veto. He's going to protect his national emergency declaration guaranteed. But the fact that they're even talking about a resolution disapproval shows you this is a statutory issue and a statutory delegation that Congress made. But, again, I want to make this point. 
This is a deep intellectual problem that is plaguing this city, which is that we've had thousands of Americans die year after year after year because of threats crossing our southern border. We have families and communities that are left unprotected and undefended. We have international narco-terrorist organizations. This is a threat in our country, not overseas, not in Belarus, not in Zimbabwe, not in Afghanistan or Syria or Iraq, but right here. And if the president can't defend this country, then he cannot fulfill his constitutional oath of office. The president will veto any resolution of disapproval from Congress. That's what you get from Stephen Miller, powerhouse interview yesterday on Fox News Sunday. This is a president who is willing, quite literally, to go to the wall for the wall and put his presidency on the line. We'll be taking your calls and text incoming on that in the 7 o'clock hour. Headlines now. Former New York Congressman Anthony Weiner is out of prison. The Federal Bureau of Prisons reports the 54-year-old Weiner has been transferred out of the Federal Medical Center in Devons, Massachusetts. Weiner served most of his 21-month sentence for sexting a 15-year-old North Carolina girl back in 2017. Stay with us for updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories. All morning and good morning, Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. I think it's fair to say some of you are not completely up to speed on this Jesse Smollett story. Um, He is the gay black actor on the TV show Empire, and for a couple of weeks he's been trying to sell the country on the notion that he was attacked by a couple of anti-gay, anti-black, pro-Trump bigots in Chicago and roughed up and left with a noose around his neck. Now the story, upon close examination, seems to be falling apart, and the police believe that he set this whole thing up and paid a couple of buddies of his from Nigeria to stage a false attack against him. Jesse Smollett is vehemently anti-Trump. He's freely admitted in interviews, saying, I come really, really hard against President 45. I don't hold my tongue. He's an outspoken critic of Donald Trump. He claimed one of them had on a red Trump Make America Great Again, MAGA hat, as they call it. Yeah, um, and he said, uh, he said one of them said, this is MAGA country. Yes. Who a, says that? Well, I don't know who says that, but let's listen to uh, Smollett here, shall we, Alan? Yeah. Um, in his first interview, this was on ABC's um, uh, Good Morning America, Jesse Small, an actor on the Empire TV series, his description of the attack that include his claim of racial slurs from a couple of guys wearing Trump MAGA hats that say, make America great again. Now, some of what you're going to hear includes the F-bomb and the N-words spoken by Smollett, which, of course, are bleeped out. While he was on the phone, I uh, heard... As I was crossing the intersection, I heard Empire. And I don't answer to Empire. <laughs> My name ain't Empire. Uh, and I didn't answer. I kept walking, and then I heard Empire. So I turned around and I said, the did you just say to me? I mean, I see the uh, attacker uh, masked. And he said, this MAGA country punches me right in the face. So I punched his ass back. And then um, we started tussling. You know, it was very icy 
and we ended up tussling by the stairs. Uh, fighting, 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 there was a second person involved who was kicking me in my back, and uh, then it just stopped. And again, the two Nigerian brothers who were initially arrested and then let go, they were considered suspects, but now they're cooperating with police. And a source close to this investigation now confirms to CBS News, the brothers told Detective Smollett paid them, paid them to participate in the alleged racist attack in late January and that they purchased the rope found around Smollett's neck from a nearby hardware store. This is, this is Trump derangement syndrome. Here it is again. This pathetic guy, if cops have it right this time, we don't know exactly what's what here, but the police are extremely suspicious. Trying to gin up opposition to the president and to anyone who supports him to try and tar and feather them, forgive the expression, as racists. This is, and, and, and the media, the anti-Trump media, the left, and frankly, even some who might consider themselves to be centrist or conservative have bought into this right away. This has got to be legitimate. This is a black guy. This is a gay guy. A couple of oppressed minorities here. This has got to be true. This is outrageous. And they jumped all over it, not knowing the facts that are now coming to light. This in the wake of what happened to those Covington, Kentucky Catholic kids at the Lincoln Memorial. Everybody jumped all over that. They were being harassed by some Hate some guys from a hate group, the black, the black Israel group here. You know they weren't doing anything to intimidate the Indian who was banging a drum in front of their face. But everybody jumped on the bandwagon. If there's any suspicion by anybody who's an obvious Trump supporter of racism, it's got to be true. We got to jump on it and we got to destroy him. Enough with this. We went back to Kavanaugh on this kind of thing, and it continues, Alan. We, uh, Melissa and I, both have talked about this, and I think we both were very suspicious from the get-go oh, about yeah. this story. It, 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 it never quite rang true to me, and there's been nothing that uh, verifies what Smollett has said so far. They've looked at all the surveillance video, and nothing of an attack has shown up. Um, we've got about 30 seconds. Melissa, you and I talked off air. You've got some knowledge of Chicago. There were some things that made you think this didn't smell right from the beginning. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, the guy posts where he's going to be all the time. That's his big thing, social media. I'm going here. I'm going there. He went to Subway, and next thing you know, he's attacked, supposedly. Won't turn over his phone. Oh, and by the way, the sandwich survived. <laughs> Intact. Uh huh. And the ice and slippery, and I tussled and I fought. Yeah. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. And this guy is losing his job on the show. He's being yes. written out of the show, so he's going to be looking for work. So here's a chance for some publicity, too, I guess. Is yeah. it okay to say the boy who cried wolf, or would that be racist? Someone would take that wrong. I'm sure somebody will take that wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Call Melissa, don't call me. Mm -hmm. Got news here at the bottom of the hour, Alan. Yeah, we've got uh, a sixth grader in Polk County who's in trouble after refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. And how did the Orlando Apollos do in their second week? We've got all that coming up, along with traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 6.30. And the President's Day edition of Good Morning Orlando continues. There will be no Bloomberg Business Report because Gina Cervetti and company aren't working today. The markets are closed. The good news is this gives us an opportunity to open up the phones and the text line here to take calls on your reaction to the president's declaration of a national emergency over border security uh, and all of the opposition to it that is out there. Where are you on this?
How do you think it's going to play out? Are you backing the president, or are you wishing he didn't go that way? And the Jesse Smollett story, cops now think this whole thing is a lie to make Trump and those who support him look like racists out to get this poor black gay actor. 407-916-5400, text line open to you. 23680, where standard message and data rate supply. We can take calls and texts right after my co-host, Alan Spector, gets us all up to date on the news. Kicking it off with a story from Polk County, bud, a Lakeland sixth grader facing misdemeanor charges after refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. The 11-year-old boy reportedly told a substitute teacher at Lawton Childs Middle Academy that he wouldn't stand for the pledge because he thinks the flag is racist. A statement by the Polk County School District says the boy was arrested because he refused to leave the classroom and made threats while he was being escorted to the principal's office. On February 4th, the student was suspended from the school for three days. Getting into more detail on this story that's gone national out of Central Florida a little later in this half hour and taking calls, of course. All right, bud, this news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Florida's chief financial officer insists he is not gloating, but Jimmy Patronus says New York State's troubles show the importance of keeping Florida a low-tax state. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo blamed part of his $2 billion-a-year tax shortfall on high-wealth individuals moving to the Sunshine State. Patronus says former Governor Rick Scott predicted that outcome in a conversation the two men had after the Trump tax cuts passed in 2017. And he said, Jimmy, he says, all you got to do is just you know sit back and watch the org organic migration is going to take place of people and businesses because they will leave high-tax states and come to low-tax states. Amazon decided to bail on a big deal to build its new headquarters in New York City, and Petronas says New York will continue to lose out until it drops the high-tax way of life. An elderly man is reportedly accused of pointing a handgun at a Lake Mary couple during a dispute over a parking space for the disabled at Disney's Animal Kingdom. According to the Orlando Sentinel, the man was not arrested because there were conflicting stories regarding the February 10th incident. The case was forwarded to the state attorney's office for a decision as to whether to file charges. Family and friends are mourning the loss of a man called the Dean of Black College Presidents. Former Bethune-Cookman College President Dr. Oswald Bronson passed away yesterday at his home in Port Orange. He was 91. Bronson ran the school, now known as Bethune-Cookman University, for almost 30 years until 2003. Long life well lived, Alan. Certainly. Team LeBron erased a 20-point third-quarter deficit as it rallied past Team Giannis, 178-164 to at the 2019 NBA All-Star Game in Charlotte. Kevin Durant paced Team LeBron with 31 points on his way to MVP honors. Durant said that award means a lot. It's cool to uh, be out there with some of the best players that ever played a game and um, to win an MVP. My family and friends is uh, pretty sweet, so I'll just try to keep racking them up, I guess. Orlando Magic Center, Nikola Vucevic scored four points in 12 minutes of action for Team Giannis. Vucevic also played in the skills competition on Saturday, but lost in the first round to Denver's Nikola Jokic. Was this basketball, or were, were they bowling, 178 to 164? Yeah, this is typical <laughs> yeah, for an... Was there on? was bowling yesterday, though. I don't know. There, <laughs> there is no defense in an NBA All-Star game. Not in this one, 178 to 164. They're going for 200 next wow, year. Wow. And you're Orlando Apollos, bud, are yeah. undefeated Woo! after the first two weeks of the Alliance of American Football season's 
debut season. Yeah. The Apollos came from behind for a 37-29 victory at San Antonio. Quarterback Garrett Gilbert passed for 393 yards and two touchdowns. Steve Spurrier's run-and-gun offense is back in in business. It's really fun to watch, and I think we're going to be giving away tickets. Am I correct on our sound judgment game for the next home game? Yes, this Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're playing Memphis. Yes. Is is, is that going to be part of the prize we're giving away today? That is the prize today. Two tickets to go see the Apollos this weekend. Playing that later in the show, so stick around if you want to. Weigh in on um, Trump's declaration of a national emergency. I'll squeeze you in right now. You can text us with your thoughts on it at 23680. We'll get into it in more detail in the 7 o'clock hour. But, um, Alan, thanks for setting the stage on this story that's gone national out of Polk County about the sixth grader who uh, wound up being arrested and charged uh, in an incident that began with his refusal to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance in class, which is cannot be compelled, according to Supreme Court ruling, under First Amendment freedoms. You do not have to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Right. But it was his behavior that got him arrested by police, not the act of refusing to stand here. Yeah. There's been some misreporting on that, and uh, we'll get into it in a moment and see what the most patriotic audience in talk radio thinks coming right up. After we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. This local headline for you right now, not a whole lot of fun out at Orlando International lately. Another security breach over the weekend caused some panic there at OIA. Police say 37-year-old Ryan Scott Mills tried to force his way past TSA agents on Saturday, and while he was being arrested, he reached into his pocket that caused other passengers to fear he had a gun, and they stormed past the checkpoints. That led to five hours of flight delays. Mills was Baker-acted. Police say there was no gun. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. You can count on it all morning and Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So let me take you down to Polk County. For this story, out of Lawton Childs Middle Academy. We have an 11-year-old student, a 6th grader who is black. This is down in Lakeland, refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. And and you can't be compelled to do that by Supreme Court rulings. Telling the substitute teacher who was not um, familiar with the fact that you can't be compelled to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, telling the teacher he thinks the flag and the national anthem are racist against black people. This according to a police affidavit. To which the substitute teacher, according to the police report, responds, well, if living in the United States is so bad, why not go to another place to live? This is the substitute teacher, Anna Alvarez, talking to the 11-year-old student whose name is being withheld by authorities because of his age. She asked asked the student that question, to which he replied, they brought me here. And the teacher responds by saying, well, you can always go back because I came here from Cuba, and the day I feel I'm not welcome here anymore, I would find another place to live. She got tired of dealing with this, uh, you know, with this kid who was being obnoxious and disrespectful, so she called the, um, the district office to get him out of there. So the police showed up, 
The student yelled at the dean and a school resource officer who came into the classroom, accused them of being racist, repeatedly refused to leave the room. This kid is 11 years old. He says, according to the affidavit, suspend me, I don't care. The school is racist. And then he walks out with his backpack, threatening, among other things, to beat the teacher. The student was later arrested and charged with disruption of a school facility and resisting an officer without violence, taken to a juvenile detention center, and suspended for three days. All of this occurring way back on February 4th, just now coming to light and getting national attention. The Lakeland police said in a news release that the student, the 11-year-old, was not arrested for refusing to recite the pledge, and he shouldn't be. I mean, I hate it when you get that kind of you know lack of appreciation for the greatness of this country, but you do have freedom of expression, and this is protected by the Supreme Court. If you don't want to stand for the pledge, you do not have to. The police say the arrest was based on the student's choice to disrupt the classroom, make threats, and resisting the officer's efforts to leave the classroom. You know, we've talked about this post-Parkland massacre here in these promise programs, cutting students all kind of slack to keep any bad publicity about a student and the chance of them getting any kind of an arrest record that would make it harder for them to function in society to keep it all bottled up in the schools. I am I support zero tolerance for this kind of behavior by a student in the classroom. And I am glad they cracked down on this kid. Aren't you? 407-916-5400. The mother is up in arms over this, supporting her lovely little boy, saying that the school overstepped its authority by punishing her son. So I don't know where all of this is headed. One thing, the substitute teacher apparently was not aware that um, you can't be required to um, to stand to recite the Pledge of Allegiance um, and is no longer working for the school, which is a real shame for the school district, a real shame just over this. This substitute teacher wasn't going to take this kind of sass and backtalk and threats of being beaten, for goodness sakes, and and called in the authorities. And they, they went after this kid. He's 11, and they arrested him. And I support that 100% as well as I support his right, as abhorrent as this is to me, under our constitutional freedoms to sit out the Pledge of Allegiance. Where do you stand on this story? It's gone national. It's a Central Florida story. That's why I'm talking about it with you. Headlining this um, tragic story from the Space Coast, an elderly man reportedly... Well, no, that's the wrong story. A motorcycle is killed in a crash at I-95 in Brevard County on Sunday. The Florida Highway Patrol saying the victim was a 47-year-old cocoa man whose name was not immediately released. Troopers say he was driving northbound around 4 p.m. when he lost control, overturned, and was ejected. He was taken to Melbourne Regional Medical Center where he later died. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes on our top stories. Our promise all morning here in Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So, Melissa, where are you on this story out of Lawton Child's Middle Academy in Lakeland in Polk County about this kid, you know, who went apoplectic when the substitute teacher who didn't realize that you can't, you know, compel someone to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance 
um, you know, got out of control, threatened to beat the teacher, and uh, you know. Wow. Yeah. Um, initially, I'm going to say two wrongs don't make a right because she was disrupting class by not knowing that you didn't have to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. So by singling him out, she put him on the defensive, but he's 11. Then she tried to have a decent conversation with him explaining what what he'd already gone down the racist road. And I think at that point, when he started threatening her and getting stupid, that everything that played out the way it did with the arrest and all was on the up and up and was the way it should have been handled. Yeah, and what do you think? 407-916-5400, toll-free 866-916-5400, text line 23680, or send a message and data rate supply. It's a holiday, smaller audiences. A lot of you were sleeping in, but not everybody. Here is Joe in Orlando. Good morning, Joe. Hey, good morning. You know, I'd like us all to think how uh, meaningful it is to pledge allegiance to someone or pledge allegiance to something. And how personal that must be. And how stupid you would have to be to think you could force someone else to do that. Well, the Supreme Court ruled on that as far back as 1943, Joe. Yeah, I know. I'm just pointing out how stupid this teacher is. Well, I think there are probably some people out there who don't know that. You know? Now they've dismissed the teacher. Now they've dismissed the teacher. Now, yeah, do you, well, now, do you support idiot. that? Okay, so she's an idiot. She's got to go. Uh, what about the kid? What about the way he behaved in a situation like that? Threatening to beat the teacher, among other things, according to the police affidavit. Charges of racism? What about it? Well, I think once you sign up for welfare, you shouldn't complain about it. How do we know that the family <laughs> is on welfare, Joe? Okay, that went deeply well, off. he's at public school. That's welfare. Oh, come on. Uh, well, that, that's where Joe is on all of that. Oh, yeah, okay. That's where Joe is. So all right. Well, as long as you understand, Joe, because... Oh, uh, we have a long and uh, checkered history. Yeah. Lee, you're in Orlando. Welcome aboard, and um, nice to have you with us. Wow. I would wish you would call Joe on the carpet a little bit harder than that, because Joe is obviously a racist and not a closet racist. But as far as the reporting on this incident, I would like to hear the other side of the story directly from the horse's mouth and from uh, a party that talks about fake news. I'm not willing to believe the initial reporting on it. But the Pledge of Allegiance itself, the last line in the Pledge of Allegiance has always been problematic for me. And not just as an African-American, but somebody who grew up poor, because we all know in America, more money, more justice. So liberty and justice for all just doesn't quite fit the bill for everybody. And if this kid has grown up in a politically aware family, they probably taught him that. I have, I, have, I have no doubt, and I think it's pretty sad. I know this, this country is far from perfect, but it's closer to perfect than any other country there has ever been. Do you yeah, agree? That, please, Lee, help me out as a man of color here. Do you be, do you feel as the 11 year old feels in the police affidavit telling the teacher that he thinks the flag of this country and the national anthem are both racist against black people? And if so, please cite chapter and verse to explain why they are. Well, the, the flag represents this country and this country has been institutionally racist against black people. You can't disagree with that. 
right? So, so the flag you, and you, the you national anthem are flag. racist. What? How, how is the national anthem racist? Said, but you said yourself, you said yourself that this country is not perfect and it has not been perfect in its treatment towards African Americans. So that flag and that national anthem represents this country. So kind of indirectly, it is racist towards black people. Wow, no, that's reaching, I'm, isn't I'm, it? I'm, I'm, I'm going to really, one, one more important come thing. Come on, Lee. Come let on, Lee. One more thing. Let me, let me finish. One more thing that I was trying to make and make it important. I was trying to stay away from race when we talked about justice because poor white people suffer just as much as poor black people in the justice system. More money, more justice. If you can't afford a fancy lawyer and you, you're at the mercy of the public defenders, chances are you're not going to get exactly justice. So, so, you, so you will not appreciate the flag and or the national anthem until the country is perfect in every way, Lee. We'll never get you on board, will we? Well, you know what? It has a long way to go with this treatment of people of color and poor people. So you're right. I do have issues with it. And just liberty and justice Jeffrey, for all just let me ask you. not quite fit the let me, let me ask you something, Lee. Sure. Going back to the quickly to the conversation, I'm almost out of time here, with a substitute teacher and the 11-year-old, as reported in the affidavit. And the teacher said, well, wait a minute. If living in the U.S. is so bad, why not go to another place to live? Have you ever considered well, you know that? That's, that's have you ever teacher. considered that? That substitute teacher might as well have been named Joe. Lee, no, no, he's I'm, asking if you have ever I'm considered asking, leaving I'm because of the you, racism. I'm asking you, is it so bad for you that you have considered moving somewhere else, and if so, where? Yeah, I would, actually, I did consider I applied to move to Canada, but the immigration towards Canada and the United States is, is fairly tough, so I have. All right, okay. Well, might be something you want to keep working on. I don't know, Lee, but nice to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. Down the hall from the newsroom comes my co-host, Alan Spector, to get us up to date here on the President's Day edition of Good Morning Orlando as we approach the 7 o'clock hour. The current president will be talking about Venezuela in Miami today and an emotional victory at the Daytona 500. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 6.59. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on the President's Day edition of the show. Here at 7 o'clock, time for an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Right now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning Trump's Florida weekend continues. More in one minute. And the president declares that national emergency over the lack of border security. What do you think? Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. President Trump spent the holiday weekend at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Palm Beach. He played golf at the nearby Trump International Golf Club on Saturday, then met with advisors to discuss trade with China. President Trump tweeted, Trade negotiators have just returned from China, where the meetings on trade were very productive. Now at meetings with me at Mar-a-Lago, giving the details. The tweet continues, In the meantime, billions of dollars are being paid to the United States by China in the form of trade tariffs. President Trump will talk about the humanitarian crisis in Venezuela this afternoon during a visit to Florida International University in Miami. 
Larry Spillman, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Over the weekend, we got the news that the body of a missing Brevard County mom has been found. A sheriff's office helicopter located 31-year-old Tashawn Jackson dead in Osceola County. The mother of four had last been seen at a 7-Eleven in Cocoa the previous Saturday. Jackson had recently given a deposition in a case where a man is accused of breaking into her home and touching her against her will. There's no word yet if her disappearance is connected to that case. A man is accused of pointing a red laser pointer at a helicopter over on the Gulf Coast. The Pinellas County Sheriff's Office says 48-year-old Brian Harting shined the lighting device at the helicopter near Clearwater three times early yesterday morning. The aircraft was checking on a controlled fire at the time. Harding reportedly admitted to the felony crime and told deputies he was unaware it was illegal. And they had to make that a felony because you could blind a pilot and bring down an aircraft. Yeah, very dangerous. I can't believe someone would not know that that's illegal and you shouldn't be doing it anyway, Pretty whether sure it's legal know. or not. Yeah. Pretty sure. Over the weekend, this is a story that uh, Bud was discussing earlier this hour. Police in Chicago said they're shifting the focus of their investigation into claims by an actor on the TV show Empire that he was attacked. A Chicago police spokesman tweeted Sunday that developments in the Jussie Smollett case have led to the need for follow-ups and the desire to talk to him again. After arresting two brothers believed to be part of the alleged attack on Smollett on a Chicago street, police say interviews revealed that Smollett may have played a role in staging the attack. Smollett's attorney denied the suggestion in a Sunday statement saying Smollett was angered and devastated by the report. So far, there has been no agreement between Smollett and Chicago police. For another interview, Grinnell Scott. Fox News. CBS News is now reporting that those two Nigerian brothers, you know, were actually friends of uh, Smollett and that they say that he paid them to stage this attack and make it look like a racist attack by a couple of pro-Trump supporters who, in in an effort to make them all seem racist, he's very anti-Trump. We talked about it in the six o'clock hour. And he followed them on Instagram also, they apparently, one or both of them, worked on the TV show Empire. Right. Yeah, they were extras. <laughs> All right, an emotional victory for Denny Hamlin in the 61st running of the Daytona 500. Hamlin beat out teammate Kyle Busch for his second career victory in the Great American Race. Eric Jones finished third. That gave Joe Gibbs Racing the top three spots. It was just over a month ago that Gibbs' son and team co-owner J.D. Gibbs died after a four-year battle with a degenerative neurological disease. Joe Gibbs chalks up the win to divine intervention. We've been to Daytona 27 times. We had won twice before. And so you're thinking about things, and I guess everybody could say, well, that just happened. I don't believe that just happened. I honestly believe it was, you know, I think the Lord looked down on us. Well, you got to feel good for Joe Gibbs. Oh, you do, and he's such a strong, outspoken um, you know, believer in Christ, and he and he really is, and it was it was great to hear that little bit of testimony there that this didn't just happen. Uh, by the way, I mean, we can talk about the Daytona 500, but the bigger picture is the problems that NASCAR has. It's hemorrhaging fans. TV ratings are not good. Um, this 500 does well because it's the Super Bowl they have. We're going to talk about what needs to change in NASCAR, and we're going to take you to Budtopia. I have some ideas later in this hour. Run the race backwards? That would be fun. All right <laughs> turns instead of left. There you go. 
Everybody in reverse? Yeah, sure. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's, I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> be sure to be here for that at about 7.40. WFLA News Time is 7.08. A woman goes on a profanity-laced rant on a plane for being seated next to a child. Of course, it happened in Florida. Sorry. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Happy President's Day. We're so glad you're with us here. It's a holiday for most, but we're all working with one notable exception. Yaffe has the morning off, so uh, Melissa has moved over one chair from screening to executive producing. You're doing a great job. How's it going in there? The big board is... uh, is is something to is something <sighs> no problem. I came in here and <sighs> the board and I we are one. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have Edwin with us as well. He hasn't screened with us before, but he's the friendly voice you'll hear when you want to talk about whatever we're discussing. Four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred eight six six nine one six fifty four hundred is the toll free text line two three six eight zero. Where standard message and data rates apply. Now I know it's a holiday and we got a lot of folks who aren't with us who normally are, but. We ought to be able to get some calls and some text messages now that the president has declared a national emergency over the border security issue. And um, we, we, were, we were on fire about that. You were last week. We all were. Now the president's actually done it. What do you think about it? And how do you think all of this will play out? And will we get the wall built? 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680 with standard message and data rates apply. All that and an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 710. Stephen Miller, what a powerhouse. One of the president's most trusted advisors. So, the declaration of a national emergency is done. We talked about it in the run-up. Now, I want your take on what's happened and how this will play out and how you want it to play out, which could be two entirely different things. I think the president ultimately prevails on what he wants to do, but it will take all the way up to the Supreme Court. There'll be some appeals and bad rulings along the way. As the president said in the Rose Garden, I suspect that is true. This issue is so critically important. I admire this president who is willing to take what he's going to have to take to get this done for the people who elected him, and for the whole country, even those who don't quite get it or are just so outraged over him and have such a terminal case of Trump derangement syndrome that they are unable to think rationally. I know you can think rationally. What do you think about the declaration of the national emergency and my take and the take of Rush and Stephen Miller? You're next at 407-916-5400. Hit the text line, always open at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. Now, though, a quick update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes. Stick around here on Good Morning Orlando. Checking headlines for you right now. President Trump still in Florida for the holiday weekend. He will talk about the situation in Venezuela this afternoon during a visit to Florida International University in Miami. The president's been spending the holiday weekend at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Palm Beach, and uh, the president played golf at the nearby Trump International Golf Club on Saturday and then met with advisors to discuss, among other things, trade with China. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in Tom Stories are promised every morning, all day here in Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today.
The president has declared the national emergency over border security, going after some additional funding to get the wall started and built. Let's go to Eric in Orlando. Good morning, Eric. You're on with the Bud Man, and happy morning, President's Bud. Day it's to Mel- you. Melbourne Beach. What is the number one uh, agenda, not agenda, but protection of the American citizen, legal residents? These politicians on both sides are complicit. MS-13, who is the grandma of MS-13? Stretch Pelosi, who's the grandpa? The schmucky Schumer who gives used car salesmen All a right, take thing. it easy. Don't we go too sick. far off the rails, Eric. No, 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 no. This is where we're tired of this BS. They are looking out for themselves. Power, both sides. And the American people are going to rise up if they cannot do this. And through us, through President Trump, we love legal migration, not illegal. And when you see across the border videos of of these drug mules carrying AK-47s, backpacks full of not Glenn Beck sugar cookies and teddy bears, the drugs, enough is enough. No mas. And also, what's our number one problem? Overstaying student visas, birthright tourism resorts. Anchor babies. There's the problem right there. Great call, Eric. Thanks so much. Text line is exploding on several hot topics this morning. Can you sort through and find those who want to weigh in on the declaration of a national emergency by the president and my support of it? I have plenty to choose from, I'll tell you that. Going back to the Rush Limbaugh track that you played, it says, so Rush Limbaugh's blaming Democrats for illegal immigration instead of corporate greed that needs the slave labor to record profits in agriculture and construction. Give me a break, bud. What else you got? Another one says, I would continue to support President Trump, but I wish he hadn't used an official state of emergency to get things done. It sets a bad precedent. And another one says, how is it okay for the Democrats to see President Trump on enforcing the law uh, in return, not getting criminal charges against them for supporting illegal immigration? MAGA. Make America great again. There was one thing, Melissa, I thought in his statement in the Rose Garden, and, and he got into Q&A with reporters there, um, <laughs> that, that I think was, was, was a mistake on his part because it weakens the case. He said, national emergency, I didn't have to do this. Yes. You know, and it undermines his very argument. Other than that, I, I, I think it was strong. It was really interesting. He stuck it to the anti-Trump press corps because he was supposed to talk at 10 o'clock, waited till 1030. When he came out, what he did was he promoted what he's doing on the international scene, the domestic scene, one issue after another. And everybody who was all the anti-Trump networks were all tuned in, but they had to stay with him because they didn't know yep. when he was going to get into the declaration of a national emergency. So he played them like a concert grand piano. And I was smiling <laughs> the whole time. I enjoyed the uh, speech from the Rose Garden, to be honest with you. I thought it was very well done, handled off the cuff at ABC. I, I don't know. NBC. No, I don't like you. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, I, I like you. A little less or you a little bit more and all of this kind of stuff yeah, yeah one yeah, more trump funny. for you says i'm glad the president uh text uh has a, declared a national emergency because it is a national emergency obama used to get all kinds of junk we don't need we do need a wall the leftists are almost always against us defending ourselves nancy pelosi's threat about guns is just that a threat i believe she's in a weak position so she throws out the worst things she can think of I'm not afraid of her threats. All right. Appreciate that. By the way, Melissa's amazing. She's the executive producer this morning because Yaffe is off for President's Day, even though we're told he'll be back for his new afternoon show, PM Orlando, from yep. 5 to 6 tonight, right? Yes, he will be back. All right. Good to have Edwin with us from across the hall, who's uh, screening calls this morning. And Alan, of course, my buddy, my co-host, our newsman, Alan Spector. 
Well, Alan, we're getting a huge number of text messages, and we'll get to them uh, during Open Mind Monday at 8 o'clock when folks can weigh in on any topic of their, uh, that they want um, over this issue that's gone national out of Polk County about the punishment for a student who initially uh, refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance and then got into it with a substitute teacher. That's right, and now the uh, mother of this 11-year-old wants charges dropped against her son after he was arrested at a school in Lakeland earlier this month. The student at Lawton Childs Middle Academy was taken to a juvenile detention center after refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, he was not arrested for not standing for the pledge. He's being charged with disrupting a school function and resisting arrest without violence. His mother says the student's been bullied in the past and should not have been arrested. He was suspended from school for three days. Police affidavit says, among other things, he threatened to beat the teacher. Mm-hmm. Outrageous. Uh, we'll be debating that on Open Mind Monday, so be ready. That comes up in the 8 o'clock hour. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Florida Senator Marco Rubio is warning Venezuela's president not to move against the country's opposition leader. The Florida Republican was at Colombia's border with Venezuela yesterday, where Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro is refusing to allow humanitarian supplies into his country. Rubio warned Maduro of what he called severe consequences if Maduro takes action against opposition leader Juan Guaido, who declared himself interim president last month. Rubio wouldn't say whether he'd support U.S. military action against Venezuela. Larry Spillman, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And President Trump will address the situation in Venezuela in a speech later today at Florida International University in Miami. A measles outbreak is spreading across a part of Washington state with a widespread sentiment against vaccinating children. Clark County, Washington, has more than 60 confirmed cases of measles just since New Year's Day. The county just over the state line from Portland, Oregon, has one of the lowest vaccination rates in the state of Washington. As usual at the NBA All-Star Game, defense was almost non-existent as Team LeBron came from behind for a 178-164 to victory over Team Giannis. Miami Heat guard Dwayne Wade scored seven points in ten minutes off the bench for Team LeBron. He was honored along with Dallas's Dirk Nowitzki at halftime in their final All-Star appearances. Wade says other players in the league have shown him lots of love. Guys that maybe I've, I've had a what's up relation with or um, guys that even I have a relationship with, but things they've expressed to me and, and the impact that I've made on their careers and, and what I've meant to them, those right there are things that, I, you know, that I'm, I'm walking away from this game. Just, you know, I'm taking that with me. Going to miss Dwayne Wade. The Orlando Apollos are undefeated through the first two weeks of the Alliance of American Football's debut season. Garrett Gilbert threw for 393 yards and two touchdowns as the Apollos rallied for a 37-29 victory at San Antonio yesterday afternoon. By the way, I am told by Melissa, who's in for Yaffe this morning, that when we play the Sound Judgment game later in the show, we're giving away tickets to the next home game by the high-flying Orlando Apollos. Pro football in the city. Beautiful. Yeah, they uh, take on Memphis this Saturday at uh, Spectrum Stadium. All right, free tickets, and you're going to want to go see them. You're going to love the game. Elsewhere... It's a good bet fans are eager for the story of Elsa and Olaf to continue. The Walt Disney Company announced its teaser trailer for Frozen 2 is the most viewed animation trailer of all time. It got more than 116 million views in the first 24 hours after it was released. Care to own a piece of NBA history? Former center Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is auctioning off his 
four, or rather four of his five championship rings earned during the Los Angeles Lakers Showtime era of the 1980s that also featured Magic Johnson and James Worthy. Wow. The minimum bid for each ring is $60,000. Why is he letting him go, Alan? Well, it's not because he needs money. Okay. Uh, a portion of the proceeds will go toward Kareem's foundation that helps children learn about STEM education. Ah, that's good to know. Minimum bid, as I said, sixty grand. so I know you want to get in on this, bud. Oh, yeah. Uh, at goldenauctions.com. And finally, a Texas couple is sharing how they found a message in a bottle written in 1962 by U.S. government scientists. Jim and Candy Duke often collect bottles as they walk the beaches of the Gulf Coast of Texas. One they found had large letters that said, Break Bottle. They eventually pulled out the cork and a note inside. It was from Galveston Botanical Laboratories, and the note said it was a study of ocean currents and their impact on shrimp spawning grounds. So this thing comes out of Texas? Yes. And winds up where? It, in Texas, they uh, if it was uh, they were put in the, the ocean by this uh, laboratory in Galveston, Texas. Okay. And this couple wa- walks the Gulf beaches of uh, Galveston. Yeah. So this bottle washes up that Got was it. thrown in the water in 1962. Uh, the note inside instructed whoever found the bottle to send in a postcard, and they would be rewarded with fifty cents. Nearly 8,000 bottles were released in the study back in the early 60s, and about 12% of them were found in the first 30 days. Now, the current lab in Galveston is offering to pay the 50-cent reward, although it'll cost them 55 cents for the stamp and $3 (laughs) $3 for a convenience check to pay the 50 cents. Postage has gone up since 1962. I thought they would have at least compounded it daily or something. Ah. I wonder what that would add up to after all these years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Crazy. You know, we had the Daytona 500 yesterday. They said they had a sellout there, 101,000. Um, you know, we had wrecks all over the place at the end. Took forever to end the race. I'm hearing a lot of, you know, people think that the Daytona 500 was pretty good yesterday. A lot of people think the way NASCAR has become, it is just a snoozer. I can tell you, I'm sure they did reasonably well with the ratings and they had good attendance, but that's their Super Bowl. Now they begin a whole new season here, and NASCAR is in distress. They are hemorrhaging fans. I have some ideas as we travel to Budtopia here in a moment about something that needs to change in NASCAR that I think could bring some of those fans, if not all, back. And I'd like to know what you would do to help NASA reclaim the fans it has lost. Or NASCAR. NASCAR. Did I say NASA? Yeah. How many times did I say that? Probably a couple. I think once. Just once. Mm -hmm. Well, man, I'm telling you, it's a holiday. You know, I'm in holiday mode here. But at any rate, um, NASCAR, what does it need to change in order to reclaim the fans it has lost? Or are they just lost forever? What would you do if you ran NASCAR that is not currently being done? You're next, right after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes, right here on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines now. Denny Hamlin has won the 61st running of the Daytona 500. Hamlin beat out teammate Kyle Busch for his second career victory in the Great American Race yesterday at Daytona. Eric Jones finishing third to give Joe Gibbs Racing the top three spots. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories all morning on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, and Michael Yaffe. So I tuned into the annual Daytona 500. 
and I was bored stiff after a while, you know, two wide, three wide, round and round and round we go with nothing happening. And then toward the end of the race, they had so many wrecks, it took forever to actually crown a winner. It was almost at the end, I thought, like, you know, if you're in a in a Super Bowl and Tom Brady is driving for the winning touchdown and all of a sudden you hit the two-minute warning, but it lasts 45 minutes before you find out what's going to happen, it was driving me crazy. And, it, and you could hear the announcers were frustrated by one wreck after another. Well, this is the problem with these, especially these restrictor plate races at the super speedways like Daytona and Talladega. Right. Uh, where the speeds are restricted on the cars, mainly to keep them from flying into the crowd and killing people. Right. Uh, but all the cars are made so similarly that they wind up going in a pack. I know. Around yeah. and around and around, and all it takes is one little bump the wrong way, which is what happened. Yeah. Paul Menard bumped a car in front of him and winds up collecting 21 cars in this crash the biggest one yesterday at the Daytona 500. Which is why I say, indulge me for a moment as we journey to Budtopia for mm-hmm. what NASCAR needs to do, because fans like me are bored now with the way the racing is, and they're losing fans, their TV ratings are not good. Don't let the Daytona 500 be the standard. That's their Super Bowl. Now starts the whole new season, and, um, and you know, they've already had to take out seats at stadiums. They've closed down some facilities. Um, it, it's boring. How do we make it more interesting? One thing I would do is I would go back to the roots. This is stock car racing. If you go back and look at the three-car photo finish in the very first Daytona 500, and you and I were looking at it last week, Alan, because I called it up in my office, you had very clearly a Ford Thunderbird, some kind of a Chrysler, and you had a Chevy just like the one we owned at that time when I was a kid in 1959. They looked, except for the sponsor logos, exactly like the cars we drive. Let's go back to that. Even though cars on the road generally for aerodynamic and gas mileage reasons have all been kind of, you know, made too similar, there are differences that are much more noticeable than anything you can see in a NASCAR car right now. And and let let's actually do that. Let let let's send, you know, Chevys and Fords and Chryslers and Toyotas and and uh and Hondas and and Nissans all out on the track looking like the the cars we drive out here so we can relate to it. I think it would be great. I think they ought to test market that during speed weeks next week. Cars <laughs> that look like you took them out of the showroom. <laughs> do it I, next week. In I, Budtopia, that's what NASCAR needs to do. I'd love to see somebody driving my SUV around a track. Why not? <laughs> you would tune in. I would. I would too. Uh, I think you're right. The homogenized, all the all the same look at the now, pack mentality, and then that one guy. You know, put a big engine in them and all of that. But then you got to protect the drivers, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with 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 the roll cage the caging, inside and all that, yeah. the Hans device to prevent the disaster that happened with Dale Earnhardt breaking his neck, etc. But I mean, I think that would be great. Go back to the roots for crying out loud. I think they made missteps. Now, you asked me what you would change. I think they made some changes, the, the NASCAR folks, uh, probably about 10 years ago that really the hurt The car them. of tomorrow. That's when every car started looking alike and performing alike. Yep. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if it's a Toyota or a Chevy or a Ford. Can they you still, tell? They still all look alike. You can't tell. There you go. They all have that. I think they started marketing, as I say, about a decade ago to people that don't care. And they started wasting their money and filtering over to these uh, 
uh, folks that weren't in the racing mind. And it was a waste. And now they've ruined it. They've homogenized it. Yeah, and we were talking the other day, bud, and I I said, you know, I was a big NASCAR fan in the 90s and early 2000s. And since then, I rarely watch, to be honest. Well, there you go. There you are. And I was a bigger fan, too, at one point. It's too boring for too much of these races for me to watch. That has got to change or NASCAR will die. How would you help out NASCAR? What would you change? What do you think of my idea of having cars out there racing that actually look like the cars we, you know, we drive? That's the way it once was. I think it was part of its appeal. 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680 with standard message and data rates apply. You know what else I don't like? That's a recent NASCAR quote-unquote innovation. Having these races in stages. Stage one, stage two, stage three at the Daytona 500. You know, and and I don't know. It's just like the race isn't the race. There's like, you know, it's a part of a race. I don't like that. Yeah, my, my mind hasn't even grasped that concept yet. I haven't watched it enough to understand what the stages are. It confused me. That's all I know. I just like to watch them go in a circle. I don't understand the pole position. You like staging. to watch them just go around in a circle? Yeah, well, when, I, when I think the guy in front's actually the winner and then I find out he doesn't have pole, I don't understand any of it. All right. But if you, want to be, difficult. if you want to be hypnotized, go to a hypnotist. Well, you know, <laughs> the thing is, they call it racing. There's no real racing anymore. You know, it used to be guys would, you know, challenge each other. And uh, there'd be, you know, duels midway in a race, trade you know, for the paint. lead. Trade and paint. I'm not a fan also of having teammates out on the track. Yeah, I didn't get that either with Kyle you're, you're, and you're, you're, you're helping one guy. If you can't make it, he might, you know, I, 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 every man for himself with cars that look like our cars. I like drag racing. Do you? Yeah, I do. It's loud. It smells good. And it's got like an actual winner. <laughs> Two people start out. <laughs> One person finishes before the other. Pretty okay. simple. <laughs> pretty, NHRA. Pretty accurate sound effects there. Thanks, Melissa. Yeah. Anytime. Anyway, it's Open Mind Monday. Trump's declaration of a national emergency. It happened on Friday morning. Our first chance to talk about it here. I haven't heard from you yet. 407-916-5400. Your take on the topic of your choice, and I will keep an open mind. Get in early. 407-916-5400. Hit the toll-free. 866-916-5400. Or the text line, 23680, or standard message and data rates apply um we got just all kinds of stuff already in on the text line this is going to be fun you got some great stuff you're going to be hearing about here but i want you to join the conversation WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Happy President's Day to you. It may be a holiday, but we are here live with our 8 o'clock update and a Another hour of the show right here. Checking in now with Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning the national emergency debate is on. We'll tell you about that in one minute. And what's on your mind this Monday morning, President's Day? We want to hear from you. You're taking any topic next on Open Mind Monday here on Good Morning Orlando. Members of Congress are taking sides for and against President Trump's declaration of a national emergency as the White House looks for ways to fund a southern border wall. 
Democrats like New Jersey House member Jeff Van Drew believe this is not the best use of the declaration, he said on Fox's Sunday Morning Futures. I'm not a real strong partisan, and I believe in bipartisanship. In this case, I think the president has overreached. But House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy of California, also on Fox, said this is well within the president's power. Yes, it is an emergency that has been shown before, and I believe at the end of the day, this wall is going to be built, not sea to shining sea, but about 200 miles. The president can use a veto if Congress says no to his declaration. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. President Trump has been spending the holiday weekend at his Mar-a-Lago resort at Palm Beach, and he'll be in Miami today to address the ongoing crisis in Venezuela. The president will be making remarks at Florida International University to show support for Venezuelan interim president Juan Guaido and to speak on the dangers of socialism. Guaido has been in a power struggle with Nicolas Maduro, who has maintained the support of the Venezuelan military. The Trump administration, along with 50 other nations, have declared Guaido the rightful president of Venezuela. President Trump says he hasn't ruled out military intervention to resolve the crisis. At the White House, John Decker, Fox News. A weekend security breach caused panic at Orlando International Airport. Police say 37-year-old Ryan Scott Mills tried to force his way past TSA agents on Saturday, and while he was being arrested, he reached into his pocket. That caused other passengers to fear he had a gun, and they stormed past the checkpoints. That led to five hours of flight delays, and Mills was Baker-acted. Police say there was no gun. An elderly man is reportedly accused of pointing a handgun at a Lake Mary couple during a dispute over a parking space for the disabled at Disney's Animal Kingdom. According to the Orlando Sentinel, the man was not arrested because there were conflicting stories regarding the February 10th incident. The case was forwarded to the state attorney's office for a decision as to whether to file charges. The Daytona 500 had its 61st running yesterday, and Denny Hamlin was the winner. He edged out his teammate Kyle Busch and won the Great American Race for the second time in his career. Eric Jones was a third-place finisher, and that gave Joe Gibbs racing the top three spots, coming just a month after the death of Gibbs' son and team co-owner J.D. Gibbs. Hamlin said he was happy to win for the Gibbs family. Special, and and it's just special for me to be able to deliver that to him in a special way. Uh, I know he would have been happy with any one of his cars going out there and, and getting a victory, but... Obviously, one with his uh, son's name on the door and, and number is probably a little more special. And, you know, I was thinking, Bud, um, mm-hmm. we really had, as NFL fans, you're a Patriots fan, I'm a Redskins fan, right. so we both had a connection to the race yesterday. Yeah. Because Julian Edelman, the Super Bowl MVP of the New England Patriots, was the starter. He waved the he green waved flag. The, yeah, he did. He waved he was the J.J. Watt actually said, gentlemen, start your engine. Yeah, J.J. from uh, Texans. But, right. you know, and here we have Joe Gibbs. The uh, Hall of Fame head coach from my yeah. Washington Redskins, yeah, uh, the winner of the uh, Daytona 500. He's such a strong man of faith, and um, it was tragic how he lost his son, um, who helped run the organization. Yeah, he and, was only uh, J.D. Gibbs was only 50 years old I when know, he passed away from this neurological ailment. Joe Gibbs is just one of the good, one of the good people in yep. this country, and obviously in this sport. Yep, definitely. WFLA news time is 8:07. A truck driver records a 47-car pileup on an icy Missouri highway. 
That video is online at WFLAOrlando.com. That's more wrecked vehicles than the NASCAR I'm thinking, stretch run. I'm just thinking, bud. I had a brainstorm. This may be the solution for NASCAR. <laughs> what is run that? the ice. races on ice. On ice. ice. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> the third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. That's my irrepressible co-host, Alan Spector. You know, I'm an idea man, bud. <laughs> a simple solution for a complex problem. What ails NASCAR that's been hemorrhaging fans and TV viewers? Um, we can talk about that. If you've got a solution, I'd think it'd be nice if they ran cars that look like the cars that we actually drive, and they once upon a time did uh, when they were really, really popular. And that's the way it was, and we liked it. We <laughs> loved it. Bananas in the road or something, and they yeah. got to like gotta hit a certain amount of thing. And I ah, never mind. Well, at any rate. Um, but the big story, of course, is the president did on Friday morning what we told you he was going to do, and that is declare a national emergency, uh, tap into other funds uh, to get the wall built that Congress won't because, you know, the Democrats in the House in particular are just all out to get him. Um, and I admire the president for going to the wall for the wall. If you want to give us your opinion on that, we've talked about the story locally here that's gone national about the kid who got uh, disciplined and suspended for his behavior um, after he was um, told by a substitute teacher that he had to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, which he's not compelled to do, and uh, it just got out of control. And whether or not the discipline was appropriate or, as the mother says, way beyond what was warranted. 407-916-5400. The um, toll-free is 866-916-5400. Hit the text line 23680. We got a ton of textures this morning. It's going to be fun to sort through that on a host of topics. So if you've got something on your mind on this President's Day edition of the show, join the conversation one way or another by phone or by text here on Open Mind Monday, and we will keep an open mind. All of that coming right up. Your input along with Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 810. Headlines now. You know I support the president's declaration of a national emergency over the lack of border security, but organizers are preparing hundreds of protests for this President's Day over that declaration of a national emergency along the border with Mexico. MoveOn.org listing more than 250 protests slated from coast to coast. They're scheduled to begin at noon, whatever local time happens to be there, and the president plans to redirect nearly $8 billion from the Defense Department primarily to help build that border wall. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories all morning on Good Morning Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. As I say, the text line for Open Mind Monday is going wild. Hey, Melissa, we got a Spectre fan. <laughs> I love Alan Spectre. I could listen to him all day. That's, an, that's an actual texter. That's not Melissa saying that. <laughs> right. I no, didn't know your mom me. was up this early. I didn't know she could text. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Got another one, too. It says, Melissa, I love when you read my text, mainly because as much as I love Yaffe, I'm a female, and you sound a lot more like me than Yaffe does. Oh, yes, indeed you do. By the way, Yaffe is taking President's Day off, at least for the morning show, but he will be hosting his new afternoon show for the ride home. Don't miss from 5 to 6 p.m. Yaffe and the rest of the team on um, PM Orlando. So that is coming up tonight. Alan, how about we get a phone caller in here right now, All shall right, we? Let's go to Castleberry and Tony. Tony, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What's up? 
Yeah, I like to. Um, I support the president's decision because I'm a retired veteran to send that money to the border. But let's talk about Venezuela today. He's going down to Miami. He's going to have a big speech. No one's talking about Venezuela. This weekend, three American ships, excuse me, warplanes, went and dropped supplies off to Venezuela. Last Wednesday, he had the Colombian president in the White House making a deal to secure our country. Let's talk about the good things he does and not the bad thing. And these protesters, let them get a job. Let them go down to the border and see how bad it is. Guys, have a great day. Thanks a lot, Tony. Appreciate the call. Fair enough. We've been talking a lot about NASCAR. I mean, Daytona 500 looked like it was successful, had a sellout yesterday. Don't know what the ratings were, but in general, NASCAR has been losing fans. People just do not hang in for these races for a variety of reasons the way they once did. Ricky in Orlando, you've got some thoughts on NASCAR? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Um, Yeah, NASCAR is having the same issue, kind of like the NHRA. I'm a diehard drag racer. But they're having the same issue with the factory stock, like pro stock class. It's kind of like NASCAR, kind of the same type of car, as far as to make people believe where you drive every day. But the rules are getting so ridiculous. The cars are so much alike. It's like they just go to the local car rental, throw stickers on them, and everybody goes racing. Yeah, we were, we've been talking about the restrictions that NASCAR puts on these cars to the point where they all now look alike. It doesn't matter if it's a Toyota or a Chevy or Ford. You watch the race, you can't tell one brand from another just yeah, from another looking. Yeah, another problem they're having is they're trying to, I guess to put it in a nice way, they're trying to cater to the snowflake uh, people. Uh, NASCAR years ago did a study trying to expand their fan base, and they went like to Seattle, Oregon, different places. And they basically they got told we don't have, we want redneck sport over here. So, and um, yeah, and, and, and you know, I I heard somebody say, and maybe it was Daryl Waltrip saying it. You know, the young generation coming up, you're talking about the snowflakes or whatever here. You know, they don't care about cars. You know, the way the well, way once a lot of kids don't even so, go get their license. They always call an Uber or something. Maybe maybe the passion for for the for for the car is is not what it was. If so, well, first, NASA will, NASCAR will never be what it was. The first NHRA race of the year was in California a couple of weeks ago. And just for me, you know, I'm a muscle car guy. To see how the enthusiasm is going downhill, mm-hmm. Chevy brought up an electric Camaro. And, uh, you know, yeah. I- I'm sorry. That ain't going to do it for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> they need a long extension cord to go we around need, the We've got to have these cars <laughs> roaring, not humming around the track. Please. You got a thought on that, Melissa? Yeah, as long as it's not a bunch of Priuses. That's all. Yeah, there you go. As I was saying earlier, they did, uh, they focused on not only the homosexuals, but they went away from their core audience about 10 years ago. They started going towards snowflakes, as he put it, and they ruined their fan base. Along with the changes, as he said, and we've been talking about. But, yeah, they, they went to the wrong they, – yeah. they they assaulted okay. their fan base. 407-916-5400. Uh, we'll keep an open mind to whatever's on your mind on the topic of your choice. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. Headlines right now. Our new pro football team, the Orlando Apollos, now undefeated through the first two weeks of the – Premier Alliance of American Football season. Garrett Gilbert, the quarterback, threw for 393 yards, a couple of touchdowns as the Apollos on the road rallied for a 37-29 victory at San Antonio Sunday afternoon. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories all morning here in Good Morning Orlando. 
iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. It's your show for the duration of your call, Unique in Talk Radio, because we have the smartest audience in talk radio. We can do this and know that we're still going to have a show fun to listen to. Um, It's Open Mind Monday. We just keep an open mind to whatever you have to say, whether we agree with it or not. You've been checking the text line, which has just been going crazy this morning. Can you can you dip in for some folks who are reacting to the president's declaration of a national emergency? We got one from what would appear to be the left, Bud, uh, saying the border is not an emergency if the president himself said that he could have waited, then goes on vacation to Mira or Mar-a-Lago. Well, you know that's a one week thing in his press conference, um, his news conference on Friday, is when he undermined himself by saying, I don't have to do this now. Yeah. Well, that's not exactly, you know, what you want to say when you're when you're ginning up support for what I believe is a legitimate uh, emergency on the border. Yeah, I do think he lessened the conversation by doing that. Here's another text that says, why should Trump worry about setting a precedent? Harry Reid already showed the Dems will change the rules when it suits them. McConnell should have changed the rule to a simple majority a long time ago and got the funding when Republicans had control of Congress. There you go. We continue to have calls on, you know, on the Daytona 500, but what in general ails NASCAR and what, if anything, can be done to fix it? Uh, from Longwood, we've got Bob on the line. Good morning, Bob. Um, thank you. Yeah, in a, in a couple more years, if the liberals pass this green law that they want to pass, there won't be no more day to, uh, Daytona 500. There'll be no more car shows. There'll be no more drag racing. There'll be no events because they'll cut that all down. The Green New Deal, you're saying, will eliminate NASCAR racing. Too much pollution. That's right. Uh, the Daytona 500 will be gone. Yeah. But I want to thank you guys. Well, we'll, we'll do electric cars, so we'll have a nice soft hum so everybody can you know, uh, talk among themselves. Turn in the it stand. into a foot race. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Fred Flintstone style. There you are. Just <laughs> pedal yeah. with your feet. Yeah, I'm, I've been very interested, in, and we're going we're gonna to take a call here um, on, on this issue of the president and a huge controversy. And... I support him in what he's doing. I, I understand that the declaration of a national emergency may set a bad precedent, come back to bite us when the Democrats have the White House, God forbid, you know, and they say, well, all right, climate change is now a national emergency, and here's what we need to do. Um, but I, I, I think this is a huge issue, and I applaud the president for um, literally going to the wall for the wall. Huh? Uh, I got one for you about uh, your NASCAR, the text line. Someone said, the problem is our young youth are not into football, NASCAR, or baseball anymore, and billions are being swamped by video games. They don't care about any of that kind of stuff. It's boring for them. Eventually, NASCAR will just turn into a video game for the young women and men. You know, it makes you wonder if we all come back here, you know, in the time machine 100 years from now, what in the world people will be watching and attending in the way of sports. Maybe it'll be radically different than what we know now. Well, what were they attending 100 years ago? Baseball. Stonings. Base, baseball just ruled the roost. That's right. It was, it was baseball. baseball and boxing for a long time. A lot time. of boxing. Yeah. And you can't do that anymore, beating the heck out of somebody. Just no, like, cool. you know, no, you go to UFC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's even better. Love that. Yeah, yeah. Or you can have the simulated world wrestling entertainment, WWE style. Yeah, I guess. Oh, it's not fake. Don't you lie. I didn't say <laughs> fake. I said simulated. All right. Okay. Children, children, settle down. Scripted right. is the word. A kid in Lakeland uh, refuses to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Then he gets arrested. And the NBA All-Star Game is an offensive shootout as usual. Got those stories and others along with traffic and weather together. 
That's in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 8.30. Time for a news break here during Open Mind Monday. Here's a topic you may want to weigh in on uh, when we open up the lines again in a moment, Alan. But a Lakeland sixth grader is facing misdemeanor charges after refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. The 11-year-old boy reportedly told a substitute teacher at Lawton Child's Middle Academy that he wouldn't stand for the pledge because he thinks the flag is racist. And that's not why he was arrested. A statement by the Polk County School District says the boy was arrested because he refused to leave the classroom and made threats while he was being escorted to the principal's office. This happened back on February 4th. The student was suspended from the school for three days. Yeah, big controversy. A lot of textures on this earlier. Um, among other things, he threatened to beat that teacher, says the police affidavit. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Florida's chief financial officer insists he is not gloating. However, Jimmy Petronas says New York State's troubles show the importance of keeping Florida a low-tax state. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo blamed part of his $2 billion a year tax shortfall on high-wealth individuals moving to the Sunshine State. Petronas says former Governor Rick Scott predicted that outcome in a conversation the two men had after the Trump tax cuts passed in 2017. And he said, Jimmy, he says, all you got to do is just you know, sit back and watch. The or- organic migration is going to take place of people and businesses because they will leave high-tax states and come to low-tax states. Amazon decided to bail on a big deal to build its new headquarters in New York City, And Petronas says New York will continue to lose out until it drops the high-tax way of life. A motorcyclist was killed in a crash on I-95 in Brevard County on Sunday. The Highway Patrol says the victim was a 47-year-old Coco man whose name was not immediately released. The FHP says he was driving northbound around 4 p.m. when he lost control, overturned, and was ejected. He was taken to Melbourne Regional Medical Center where he later died. Family and friends are mourning the loss of a man called the Dean of Black College Presidents. Former Bethune-Cookman College President Dr. Oswald Bronson passed away yesterday at his home in Port Orange. He was 91. Bronson ran the school, now known as Bethune-Cookman University, for almost 30 years until 2003. Team LeBron erased a 20-point third-quarter deficit as it rallied past Team Giannis, 178-164 to at the 2019 NBA All-Star Game in Charlotte, Kevin Durant paced Team LeBron with 31 points on his way to MVP honors. Durant said, Durant said that award means a lot. It's cool to uh, be out there with some of the best players that ever played a game and um, to win an MVP in front of my family and friends is uh, pretty sweet. So I'll just try to keep racking them up, I guess. Orlando Magic center Nikola Vucevic scored four points in 12 minutes of action for Team Giannis. Vucevic also played in the skills competition on Saturday but lost in the first round to Denver's Nikola Jokic. And as you mentioned a few minutes ago, Bud, the Orlando Apollos undefeated now. After two games, they defeated uh, at San Antonio the Commanders 37-29. to They'll be back in town this Saturday night to take on uh, Memphis at Spectrum Stadium. By the way, uh, it'll be great fun if you go to the game, uh, and we are giving away free tickets between now and 9 o'clock, so stay tuned for that. WFLA News Time, 837. These stories and others online at WFLAOrlando.com. And the third hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. And thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Alan Spector, my co-host, the Bud Man, with you till 9 o'clock on the Holiday President's Day edition of the show. And Melissa's in for Yaffe, who will be back to host PM Orlando from 5 to 6 for your drive home. And Edwin's been kind enough to come down the hallway 
from another station and join us here as our call screener. On Open Mind Monday, final burst of calls before we try to give away free tickets to the Apollos game on Sound Judgment. No Sound Judgment calls yet, but Open Mind Monday at 407-916-5400. The text line 23680, knowing that standard message and data rates apply there. We got some great Texters in already. We'll catch a couple of phone calls along the way. Join the conversation. It's your show on Open Mind Monday. Right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic again here in two minutes on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. Headlines now Florida Senator Marco Rubio warning Venezuela's president not to move against the country's opposition leader. Rubio was at Colombia's border in South America with Venezuela yesterday, where um, President Nicolas Maduro is refusing to allow humanitarian supplies into his country. Rubio would not say whether he would support U.S. military action against Venezuela. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. That's our promise. All morning on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Coming down the home stretch on Open Mind Monday, where we keep an open mind to whatever you have to say. Melissa, more texts than we can possibly count. Sort out a few of the of the top messages coming in from the smartest audience in talk radio. Will do, Uncle Bud. Bill Clinton issued 17. Barack Obama issued 13 declarations of emergency. The president has been set. This is nothing new. Yeah. Now, the difference there is right. most of these national emergencies were quickly forgotten by everybody because they were not politically controversial and explosive. And they weren't also within the confines yeah. of the United States. Yeah. Most- and, you know, so so that that's where some of the some of the uh, the kickback is coming. Go ahead. Yeah, another one says Trump is trying to clean up decades of illegal immigration that our highly paid politicians allowed to happen. Trump loves America. Politicians love their salaries. Pope Francis finally made a long overdue move, in my opinion, and we have a texture weighing in on that, too. Yep. Glad that Pope Francis finally defrocked ex-Cardinal McCarrick. Too little too late, though. It's time for Francis to get serious about demoting and defrocking a bunch of his enablers and others who cover up for homosexual predators, especially those within the Vatican itself. Okay. And um, NASCAR and what to do to bring the fans back is... um, Getting a lot of attention from our callers this morning. Yeah, from DeBerry, Lisa is on the line. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Um, I'm an avid listener of you guys, and I um, so I'm one of the smartest listeners in Central Florida. Congratulations! Don't hold back, honey. Um, but I have some issues this morning that I'm serious like could take me off this channel. You guys are huge supporters of the Apollo and um, Orlando City and the Magic, and NASCAR has been around, it was based in Daytona Beach, Central Florida, and it's been around longer than any of those other. Right. um, So what's uh, the point? What's the point, Lisa? The point is you guys aren't fans, obviously, and that's okay. No, no, no. I was a fan. I used to love watching the NASCAR races. I don't find them as interesting anymore. I just don't. I'm a fan. 
You should you should watch him again. And you're 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 spewing what I consider fake news about him by saying that they're losing fans and drones and everything. They are with social media. All of the professional sports are not seeing the fan base at the parks like they were. But did you watch the race yesterday? There's 110,000 yeah. seats in that. That's stadium. the Super Everybody Bowl. The on. issue is the rest of the year. With all due respect, I know it's your call yeah. on on Open Mind Monday. We're all fans. We want to love NASCAR again. We find the race too boring. The cars are too much alike and, and engineered too much alike, and it's just round and round we go till you have a massive wreck. And that's done for the competition to make it more competitive. So I think okay. I just think that you know your comments about the ratings and how they're losing fans and drones are wrong. And no, they're not news. wrong. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. NASCAR knows it has a problem. It's been closing up tracks taking out seats to try to make it look like it's more full. You can't measure NASCAR's health by their Super Bowl at Daytona, Lisa, with all due respect. Now, I just did what I should never do on Open Mind Monday. I shouldn't be debating, but, but I, you know, she's not entitled to her own facts on that. <laughs> NASCAR is really, really concerned about the problem they have with, with hemorrhaging fans. And you've talked about the changes, including uh, going to these stages in some of these races that we have at... Uh, the Daytona 500, the Stage 1, Stage 2, etc. Doesn't feel like one grand race. If, if, if they were doing great, they wouldn't be making changes like that. Yeah. yeah but I, do, I can do a quick search on Google, say NASCAR is losing fans and just... 1,500 things come We're not up. making it up, Lisa. We're not. new. We're, we're all fans. We, yeah, we and, want and it to succeed. That's why, that's why we're looking for solutions here, because we don't want to see NASCAR die. We're mm-hmm. on your side, Lisa. Yes. May not seem like it to you, but trust us, They call we it a sports are. in transition. A sport in transition, Lisa. It's dying. Oh, there you go. But it's not far from dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, um, before we go, Edwin, I need you to to take all those calls out, okay, from all those topics, and we're going to open up the lines only for open, not for Open Mind Monday, but for sound judgment. And we're giving away free tickets to the next home game of the new pro football team in town, the Orlando Apollos. This is great fun. The first game was awesome. They've won their second game on the road. You're going free. This is something you want to do as a family thing. You're going to love it out at Spectrum Stadium. So we're going to get to that here in a moment, Alan. I, I was there uh, for the first game a couple of weeks ago. I had a great time. Yeah. So if you want to win, you're eligible by company rules if you've not won sound judgment in 30 days. If you have won recently, let others stand aside on the honor system, please. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. Toll-free, still open. Grab it quickly. 866-916-5400. We're playing Sound Judgment, the President's Day edition of the game, coming right up. Our final headline, this is for you, Lisa, just so you know, we really do like NASCAR. Denny Hamlin has won the 61st running of the Daytona 500. Hamlin beat out teammate Kyle Busch for his second career victory in the Great American Race. Eric Jones finishing third to give Joe Gibbs Racing the top three spots. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories all morning here in Good Morning Orlando. News, weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. One of games as we wrap up the Monday edition on President's Day here. Good morning, Orlando. I want to thank Edwin for uh, filling in and, and screening this morning so Melissa could move over and take Yaffe's slot. And uh, Edwin, go ahead on the prize we're playing for. 
All right, the prize we have today is a pair of tickets to see the Orlando Apollos versus the Memphis Express this Saturday, February 23rd at 8 p.m. at Spectrum Stadium. Uh, for tickets, you can go to OrlandoApollos.com. Yeah, fantastic. The Alliance of American Football. we got pro football here, and it is a lot of fun. And uh, you're going to love it, and you're going on us. If you're trying to get in, but the lines are jammed, wait for a wrong answer, and we'll open up a line for you, 407-916-5400. Our President's Day edition of Sound Judgment honors George Washington and Abraham Lincoln with a children's song I found online that lists all the presidents by name to the tune of America the Beautiful, all in order. So listen to some sound from the first part of the song, then use your sound judgment to tell me this. How many U.S. presidents were there between Washington and and Lincoln. George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, William Harrison, John Tyler, James Polk, Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, Franklin P. How many presidents were there between Washington and Lincoln? Too many. Let's go to the toll-free line. You got the first shot at the tickets. Go ahead. Give me the number toll-free. Fifteen. No, but you're not far off. Toll-free is open at um, 866-916-5400. Line four, how many presidents between Washington and Lincoln? Line four. Say it. Fourteen. Yes. Yep. Congratulations. You're going to the Orlando Apollos on us. I hope you enjoy the ball game. Oh, I'm excited. I can't wait. How did you figure that one out? That's a little bit of a, a not a trick question, but it's a little hard to figure out, you know? Well, you know, Washington's number one and uh, Lincoln's number 16. Just do the math in between. That's what you got to know, starting with number two and ending with 15. And um, very, very good. See, we do have the smartest audience in talk radio, right, Alan? I, I, I agree completely. <laughs> so do I. But, man. Hey, give us your first name, if you will. Josh. Josh, where are you calling in from, buddy? Orlando. Well, you have won the game. Happy President's Day to you, sir. Thank you very much. Don't go away. You and Edwin are going to talk it over all fair, and we'll get you the tickets, all right? Good deal. There we go. Melissa, what's up? Yeah, I had a great text in here. Just wanted to wrap it up. It says, hello, good morning. Love the show. I am from Mexico. We emigrated to this country more than 30 years ago, legally despite the cost and paperwork needed. We respect the law, support President Trump 100% to enforce the law, and have that wall built. Democrats are just trying to get uneducated people across so they can manipulate them with free stuff. Thank you, Bud, and all your team for being the best voice of reason in this area. God bless America. Wow. Boy, that's an awesome text. Yeah, it was. It's amazing how, how many folks have weighed in, particularly on the text line this mm -hmm. morning. I don't know whether the callers are all sleeping in on the holiday, but the texters are up and at them. I think we'll get a lot of requests, though, on the phones for that song that lists all the presidents of the United States. And the thing is, it goes all the way through all 45 of I them. wanted to hear James Garfield. Come on. 
Wow. We're going to do a song. It might as well okay. be the tune of America the Beautiful, right? Sure. I love that. Mm. Maybe we can post that on the website. Yeah, I, don't I know. suppose so. That's all Melissa needs is another assignment in Yaffe's absence. We, By the way, he's taken us. our show off for President's Day, but he's going to do his show, uh, The Drive Home, the best in conservative talk, and your call's welcome. It's PM Orlando right here from 5 to 6. For the whole gang, the Budman here, thanks for joining us on the presidential holiday. Have a great day. God bless you, and God bless America.